Hey, welcome to the Feed Sheep Podcast, where we help you hear God's voice, follow his lead, and thrive as a disciple. I'm Dan Schilling, and I'll be one of your guides. Now, let's get into today's topic. Hey, thanks for joining the Feed Sheep Podcast today. We're going to pick up on part three of the conversation I had with Pastor Andy Searles here in the studio. This, again, was just a powerful time. Uh, just the revelation that God was bringing, I know, was a great encouragement uh, to me. And I believe it will be to you on your journey to hear, follow, thrive. So we're going to pick back up from our conversation here where Pastor Andy was talking about every perpetrator was first a victim. Let's tune in to hear what his response. To the next one too, but just let's talk about that for just a second. Um, now you put me on a spot. Okay. My memory doesn't work well like that because okay. I think you go. No, I think I think what we we're talking about was every perpetrator. Yes, was first a victim. Yes, and so we see people who hurt us. Yes, right. As the perpetrator, right? How dare you, man? And you need why to did, be punished. And I'm going to be the one yes. who does that. But what that does is that makes us the perpetrator. Yes, right. And, and and we fight fire with fire, right? We yes. fight eye for eye and tooth for tooth, and it just gets Slap bigger, me. And, bigger yes. and bigger right? yes. and bigger, right? And you know that every war in history has started with an issue hmm. like your pickleball paddle, yeah. right? Yeah, right? That's crazy, but right? Yeah. And it does. Yeah. And it just gets bigger and bigger, and yeah. we start to bring in more people. Oh, yeah, well, people. you're – oh, yeah, well, you're in – Right. And before you know it, right, you're living in a way of revenge. Yeah, but Jesus says no, no, no. We 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 dis- de-escalate conflict. Yes, because de-escalating it by the way of love is the loving thing to do. Yes. Well, that night, as I was walking in repentance, <laughs> trying to that day, <laughs> yeah. and just saying, "God, forgive me. I don't, I don't want to walk in that." And what I'm realizing more and more, Andy, is that He's saying, "You can't do this on your own, out of your yeah. flesh." Yeah. You can't love unless you're being with me. My Holy Spirit imparted to you. You you don't have it in you to love her. You don't have the ability on your in your flesh to not strike back. But when I think about you know in Galatians, he's talking about the the fruits of the spirit and don't wear in doing good because you reap a harvest of blessing. This is in six. Mm -hmm. Don't weary in doing good, for you know you'll reap a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. And there's so many times, I think, for many of us who are here today and we're thinking about these relationships and people that this has happened. Could be our wives. Could be with our children. Could be with our family members or work coworkers or people around us. And we, it's, and and they're, as my son says, they're living rent free in our head. They're, they're like, oh, and I want to get back at them, and I want to, and so. For us today, we again, I want to say, how do you, how do we, even when it gets, man, sure. Well, for me, Dan, it's about powering down, not powering up. Hmm. Some more, right? Someone will insult me, maybe to my face, maybe through gossip, but maybe social media, something like that, right? And there's part of me that wants to stick out my chest, power up, and say, who do they think they are? Yeah. Right. How dare they? Yes. Right. And honestly, I, I, I'm not proud of this. I'm very embarrassed to say this. My, my, my kids have got this kind of nickname for me that they've used a couple of times. It's very embarrassing. You know the phrase "you're such a Karen," right? Yeah. A Karen, <laughs> okay. Ka, Ka, Karen is someone who goes and complains to the manager, right? Because yeah, yeah. they didn't get their way, right? Yeah. yeah. 
they say, uh oh, Candrew could come out, uh, right? Which is kind <laughs> of Karen, Karen and Andrew. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and it happens for me. And I, one of my triggers is when there are broken systems, right? Yeah. So my internet never seems to be working. So I get on the phone to the company, right? Hey, it's not working. Oh, sorry about that, right? Yeah. And I'm like, let me speak to your manager. Oh, there's nothing we can do. Let me speak to your manager. I'm the, and I feel myself powering up, <laughs> yes. right? Yes. But as soon as I start powering down, right? Which means I don't need to be right on this. Uh -huh. I, I've got no right to overassert myself or demand. Yeah. Right. It's when I start powering down that I can be the kind of person that reflects Christ as we solve problems. Yes. Right. I feel my ego powering up. Yes. I say nothing. Yeah. Okay. That's not who I want to be. Let's turn the volume down on that. Yes. Let's increase the volume on the humility. Yes. And power down rather than power. Which to me, again, what we're saying is like what Paul, when he's saying uh, that you would increase Holy Spirit and that I would right. decrease power, right. power yeah. me down yeah. and yeah. you power, because in of myself, yeah. I'm going to be a complete yeah. horse's and that's rear end. Exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what Jesus is don't saying. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't enter into the ways right. of the flesh in this area because all it does is produce yeah. death. Yeah. yeah. And yet inside, we we know what he's calling us to is that daily crucifying that flesh that wants to yeah how don't you know who you're talking to yeah you know like yeah yeah an eye for an eye tooth for tooth hey you hit me i'm gonna hit you harder yes power up yes. jesus no no power down in fact and the best way to practically power down is to do what is not natural to your selfish yes fleshly self so go the extra mile yes. right be generous when you don't want to be Right, turn the other cheek, because those acts of powering down are when we're most Christ-like. Yes. And, and again, you know who modeled this? It was Jesus, right? Yes. In in the garden. Yes. Right. Uh, Peter drew, pulls out the sword, cuts off. Jesus says, "What are you doing? We do not fight back." Right. This guy does not have the authority over you. This guy does. So don't fight that. Yes. Well. Even after that night, I'm starting to say this. Went back uh, talking to my boys, yeah. And we've been finding that the more and more that I'm um, authentic with them, humble, talking about, hey, here's where I yeah. today, and and then they start talking about places in their life that are, yeah. And because we are the theme of, uh, we're doing one of our groups. We call them poemne groups, and so we've been. Uh, hitting the scriptures pretty hard around everything that the Bible says about humility, mm -hmm. characteristics of people who did it, people who didn't. Yeah. And so as we continue to look at it and look at it, we're like, wow, like how do you do that? How yeah. can you, when you're being insulted yeah. and again, apart from him in us. Yeah. And, but what I find like you were saying a little bit ago that, that when we position our heart like that when we're vulnerable what that we allow the gospel yeah. to come yeah. in we allow yeah. the goodness of god to flow through us and i think that's what gets the attention of people around like how do you do that i mean how can you yeah. when people act that way say that thing do that thing how do you do it say, yeah. yeah i'm really poor at it but <laughs> but but i serve a good god yes who, who, who lives in me yes and me really isn't part of the equation yes I would mess it up and I do mess it up. Yeah. I think he said it well. Yeah. May we decrease that Jesus can increase in. Yeah.
Well, let's. We got one more to go. I know we do. That's it. We're probably way out of time, so please accept our <laughs> yeah. uh, apologies for that. But this is good. I want to make sure we, we yeah strong here. This is a it's a key part because many of us I know struggle, but let's let's go for it. Yeah, I, I, and and this is so relevant today as well, right? Yeah. You have heard it said, right? And again, by now we know that you have heard it said is a trigger for good, but not enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's more, right? And I doubt it happened because it doesn't happen with us. But I hope that as the disciples and the crowd heard this, they're getting ready for another kind of wait what bombshell. Yes. Right? Yes. You have heard it said, love your enemy. And everyone goes, yes. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm sorry. No, they're not saying love that. <laughs> love your neighbor. Everyone's yeah. going, yes. And hate your enemy. But amen. I tell you, Amen. <laughs> But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And all the crowd goes, wait, what? Wait, what? (laughs) Right? In fact, what's interesting about this is that love your neighbor was very much a scriptural command. Yes. But hate your enemy? That was some cultural narrative that had been added. Right? And I think we have to be very careful in our Christianity today that we are leaning into the but I tell you. Yes. And not the cultural narratives that have been played out yes. because they've been played out all around us yeah. and they're strong and they're manipulative and they're ugly and they're going to take us to ungodly places. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what had happened here, Jesus said, love your neighbor, check that and hate your enemy. Where they heard hate your enemy from, it was from their culture. But again, Jesus says, I'm going to tell you a better way. And that better way is to love your enemies. And again, Every jaw dropped, right? Yes. Because that is so unnatural to us. And pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Three little things to point out in that verse. Um, love your enemies. Pray. And so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. And it's hard to love our enemy. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to pray for those who persecute us. Yes. But if we realize that we are children of a father in heaven, then we are able to do that. Because we were enemies of God, Paul says, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And we were the persecutors before we were the persecutors. Mm. Right. But our father in heaven loved us when we were his enemies and loved us when we were persecuting him. And if he did it to us, then we have a chance of loving our enemies and praying for those who persecute us. Hmm. I think this is some of the hardest teaching in Christianity. I think this is a wait what moment that is so staggering, it's going to take us a lifetime to figure out. But for me, this verse is one of the most important and hardest litmus tests in Scripture. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I again, when I think through, it's he says here too, you know, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Yeah. You know, don't tax collectors. I mean, the people yeah. that you don't yeah. like. I mean, yeah. you, these guys are the enemy, right? These are your fellow Hebrew yeah. brothers. And what he's saying is, 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 is we need 
to be distinct. Yes. Right. As those who follow Christ, we are not to be like the world. We're supposed to be outside the world. We're supposed to to to, to shine into the world. We are supposed to love with an extraordinary love. Yes. And if we're just like everybody else, then we're missing the point of what it means to follow Jesus. Yes. And years ago, I was an administrator at a Christian school and. Really what compelled Sherry and I for years around uh, ministry of family and serving because of the divorce rate. I mean, the, the divorce rate in the church was as high or higher than outside of the world. And yeah. those statistics were saying because, well, that maybe the institution of marriage yeah. was given up on by those outside of the church. But inside, they get married and divorce. You say, okay, so what's that have to do? Well, we had young uh, children in the school whose parents were getting divorced. And they would say to me. Because when mom and dad are getting divorced, I'd say, how are you doing? I'd say, well, I'm okay. I, I just, I don't want to be a Christian. I remember one young man, I don't want to be a Christian. I'm like, really? Why? He said, because it's a, it's a bunch of baloney. Pretty much what he said. Well, I said, what do you mean? He said, because this whole love, care for one another, it's all because it, it, mom and dad, it's not real. Wow. And so wow. when I think about what he's, you know, you can Love your neighbor. You can't even love the person who's right here. I mean, that we are, as a body of Christ, we're not distinct, even in our own homes, yeah. not not alone to our world. We're, we're no different. Yeah. We've, we're just as much divorce, just as much strife, just as much family breakups, just as much, you know, yeah. people fighting over the legacy yeah. of the stuff. Who, who, who Grandma's yeah. getting died, and I want this, and I want that, and we don't talk to each other, or yeah. all the things that we, we will, as believers in Jesus— but he's yeah. calling us to something here. And again, not because it's a bunch of rules to follow, but because when his light so shines through us, others do say, wow, they taste and see the goodness of him and say, I, I want to partake in it. I want to be a, I want to experience that bread of life that you're eating. Yeah. Because what I'm eating, it's not getting yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a fascinating point, right? And and he says, don't even the tax collectors do the same. And the irony is that Matthew, who's captured this, was a tax collector, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. says, if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what are you doing out of the ordinary? And I think that's a great question for us all to meditate on, right? Yeah. What are we doing that's out of the ordinary? What, what does following Jesus mean for my life yes. that is different than when I wasn't following Jesus, yeah. right? And if there is no difference, then again, I totally get that. I don't want to follow Jesus there, right? Because being a Christian, right, is being marked as different, yes. right? Because we've been forgiven. We've been accepted. We're loved. We're part of the family of God. As he said here, we are children of our Father in heaven. That's different, yes. right? And so live the difference. But again, and this is a big part of, of what, what we do here, how do we do that? And I think one of the keys for that is found in that middle verse between love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And what we just talked about, about being out of the ordinary, it says in verse 45, for he causes the sun to rise on the evil and good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Right? Yes. And as I interpret that, there's a lot of ways we can meditate and process through that is that people are people. That's right. Right? God is good to those who deserve it and those who don't. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. The rain comes on the righteous and the unrighteous. Yes. Right? Yep. We're, we're all people. 
right? Yes. We're all part of the human race made in the image of the divine. And so it's really easy to demonize our enemies, yes. right? <laughs> Absolutely. And again, if we demonize our enemies, then we can't love our enemies. In fact, we're on a track to hate our enemies more. But if we can see our enemies as people, and people like us who are broken and hurting and in need of a savior, that turns the hatred that we want towards our enemies. Yes. To start to be loving towards them. Yes. And, and that's where I've been thinking through a lot recently this idea that we talked about a moment ago that everybody who is a perpetrator was first a victim. Yes. Right? So, so one person, right? You're a perpetrator. And I can look at you and say, man, I hate that perpetrator. You mm -hmm. hurt me. Mm -hmm. But that same perpetrator is also a victim. Yes. Because they are hurting people because someone has hurt them. Yes. Right? And yes. you can trace that hurt all the way back to the enemy himself. Yes. Right? But if I see you not as the perpetrator, but as a victim, I don't hate you and want to fight back. Yeah. I have compassion and I want to love you. And that makes all the sense in the world because what's actually going to heal the perpetrator, mm -hmm. right? Because the way they're acting out is just an expression of that hurt, right? Yes, the way to heal that hurt is through compassion and care and love because that's what Jesus did for us. That's yes. the way he, he told us, right? Yes. So Jesus says, but I tell you, love your enemies. And we're like, whoo, that's really, really tough. Yes. For me, part of doing that is reframing the perpetrators as the victims that they are as well. Yes. Doesn't justify their son sin. Doesn't make it right that they're hurting people. But one of my favorite Abraham Lincoln quotes, he when he was in office, I think he had someone who was an enemy, and his secretary came to him and said, um, you know, so-and-so's here. You know, do you want me to get rid of him? And Mr. Lincoln said, I know no I know of no better way than to get rid of my enemy than by making him a friend. Mm. Right? Yes. And so something happened in Lincoln, right? Mm. That didn't see him as a perpetrator. Yes. But saw him as a victim. Yes. Who needed a friend. Yes. And again, big ask. I think Jesus knew that. I think Jesus knows how hard it will be for us. But I think this little verse here reminds us that we're all people. Yes. We're all made in the image of God. There is only one who is pure evil. Yes. The rest of us are just manipulated by that evil. Yes. And if I can see you not as my perpetrator, but as first a victim, and I can respond not with fight and hate, yes. but with compassion and love, what a world that would be. Well, that would be an extraordinary, out of the ordinary world. Well, and I... Two things come to mind, Andy, as we start to land the plane here a little bit. The first one is when I think about Jesus uh, with the woman who's caught in adultery. And, you know, these guys like so the, the, whichever one of you without sin, go ahead and yeah. throw that first stone. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard different people talk about, you know, like he might have been writing their yeah. sins in the yeah. sand, the dirt yeah. and like, OK, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. But. It's easy to see sin in someone else's mirror. It's hard to see the sin in my mind. It's easy to see somebody else as the perpetrator yeah. 
in their that mirror, but it's hard to see the perpetrator in my mirror. Yeah. And and that's so so important for us to be self-aware around, right? Yes. A lot of people like to live with this victim mentality. I'm this way because of this happened to me because so and so. And some of that's true. But as victims, we've got to be very careful we don't become the perpetrators, yeah. right? Hurt people hurt people. We break the cycle with compassion and love, yes. right? Um, you know, we've we both, I'm sure, met people who've gone through a long divorce, mm -hmm. right? And with all honesty, they can say, I was the victim, mm -hmm. and they were. And very quickly, they get into another marriage, and they say, that's never going to happen to me again. And it doesn't. They're not the victim anymore. But they can become the perpetrator. Yes. Right? Yes. Hurt people. Hurt people. Yes. So, so as we're looking externally, let's try and see our enemies as victims. But as we look internally, let's make sure that we're not acting out as victims and becoming perpetrators. Yeah. Let's make sure that we who have been hurt are not exercising that hurt on someone else. Yeah. Well, I'm encouraged today. I hope you are as well. And, and I believe the encouragement that I'm receiving from the Lord again, just like my pickable story <laughs> lady, is how am I going to respond? Am I going to respond with an insult or am I going to respond with a love and a compassion that makes someone say, wow, I mean, that's, that's different. Yeah. Um, am I willing to do that? And so my encouragement to you today is again to start asking the Holy Spirit, is there is there relationships right now that are severed, that are not uh, the way God you would want them to be, where there would be unity? Jesus said that, that that he and the Father were one, that his prayer for us was that we would be one like he and the Father are one. And so there's some people in your life, I believe, today that God wants to bring you back into oneness with. And so I just want to encourage you as you're hearing his voice that you start to follow and taking those steps to restore that intimacy with that person, which I believe will continue to uh, further your intimacy with your heavenly father through the Holy Spirit. So Andy, thanks for joining today. I appreciate you being here. Appreciate your heart. This is some deep stuff, man. This is good. This is, this is messing with, with me and, and how I live. I think my confession is for too long. I've listened to the you have heard it said. Yeah. But I want to be a man who follows Jesus and therefore listens to Jesus when he says what I tell him. Yes. And that's the goal. That we hear that voice and that he says, But I tell you, I have something for you. And so thanks for tuning in grateful that you're with us on this journey uh again we we haven't arrived <laughs> we're on the journey ourselves, but we want to invite you to join us on the journey so you can start that journey if you haven't already you can go to feedsheep.org and we just love to have you be a part of the process and just inviting you to join us on a journey to hear god's voice follow his lead thrive as a disciple thanks for tuning in god bless you see you next time